Hey everyone, my name is Stampede, and today we're going to be breaking down episode 1 of Disney Plus's Ahsoka. So big spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Now the episode kicks off when a pair in dark robes who definitely aren't Sith Lords press access to his ship. Instead of verbally communicating with the pair, which is a thing we've seen Star Wars characters do a billion times before, the Rebels decide to go ahead and let them on the ship. I'll cut them some slack, they probably haven't seen the trailers. So they invite the Night Sith Lords on board and they sit down and have a nice cup of murdering everyone on the ship over a dumb oversight. By the way, I want you guys to remember that the Rebel Commander was stabbed by a lightsaber and then they say this. The captain's dead. That's going to come back later. Anyway, they rip off Darth Vader's hallway scene and go free a random lady from space jail. That's pretty much when we cut to Ahsoka sneaking to the Temple Doom to grab the Power Stone, which she needs to bring Superman back to life. Jokes aside, the whole sequence of her wandering around the cave looking for the MacGuffin we don't even know about, it was a really boring way to introduce her character. I mean... She doesn't say a word for three minutes, she's just like fumbling around with the cave crap, and the part of the audience that didn't fall asleep is just wondering, where are we right now? Anyway, she gets jumped by some Daft Punk fans, who pull a Cyrax when they can't kill her the normal way. By the way, wouldn't blowing up Ahsoka like this destroy the thing that they're trying to get? Makes absolutely no sense, but whatever, let's move on. Ahsoka barely escapes with her life, making it on the ship that's piloted by that one robot from Clone Wars. The droid takes her to the rebel base where she meets up with Hera from Star Wars Rebels. Pete Cho, by the way. This is where we find out that the Tesseract or whatever is actually a map to Admiral Thrawn, who along with Ezra is seen as dead as of the finale of Star Wars Rebels. This finding could mean that both of them are still alive, probably kicking it with those purgles or whatever. We cut over to an award ceremony for Sabine Wren, but she's too cool for the establishment, so she bails to hang out with her cat. A lonely dyed haired girl whose only friend is her cat. Damn. That's probably the most realistic thing to ever happen in Star Wars. Anyway, Sabine plays back a message from Ezra. I think? I mean, gee, look at this guy. Look at it. That is not Ezra. On the same note, this is not Sabine. Like, what? You know, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to save it for after the breakdown. I'm, I'm going to save it for the review because this is crazy. Literally ruining my childhood. Okay, where was I? Right, right. Okay, so we find out that some lady is actually some witch lady. She then uses her witch powers that aren't the force apparently, because shut up, to find out that Ahsoka has the map and she's on Lothal. Back on Lothal, Sabine and Ahsoka are having a little chat on how the mother box might help them find Ezra. She tells her that the box is locked and that she needs Sabine's help to open it up. It's during this exchange that we find out that Ahsoka actually trained Sabine as a Jedi Padawan, just like how Anakin trained her. Sabine wants to take it back to her house so she can study it better, but Ahsoka thinks that the map could cause a war so she doesn't want it unsecure. Sabine gets a little bit pushy, but Hu Yang has news for Ahsoka, so she just tells Sabine not to do it and leaves the room. So it turns out that Hu Yang was able to find the two Sith Lords using their lightsabers to track them down. He finds out that the dude Sith's name is Balin Skull. A little on the nose for a villain, but it is what it is. After finding out their identities, Ahsoka decides to go back to the room where Sabine was, and to her surprise, Sabine's not there. Wow, isn't that crazy? I honestly have no clue why Ahsoka was so shocked by this. I mean, the girl was willing to overthrow her government. Do you genuinely believe that she's not willing to leave an empty room? Like, come on now. 
So naturally, the Sith uses the droid to track down Sabine's whereabouts. But on the bright side, she unlocks the map. And she sort of just moves it around, you know, like a Rubik's Cube, just shifting it around and stuff. And eventually, she unlocks it. Quick side note to those of y'all that are still in high school or have been in high school or whatever. You remember those kids that, like, just would carry around a Rubik's Cube for no reason, thinking that they're cool, and they're just, like, solving it in the hallways, and, like, everyone thought that they were, like, nerds, but they thought they were awesome? Man, fuck them kids, bro. Ahsoka and Hera then talk about how Sabine stole the ball, and how she's a delinquent for it, and, you know, all that stuff, even though she, like, had the best chance of opening it. And plus, Ahsoka probably could just, like, went with her to her house. Like, I don't know why it had to be all or nothing like that. I guess the writers just really want Sabine on her own. I sure hope nothing bad happens to him. So, yeah, Sabine manages to solve the Rubik's Cube, and you'll never guess it. Something bad happens to her. <laughs> Robocop tries to sneak her, but the cat, being the G that it is, warns Sabine, allowing her to dodge out of the way in time. Anyway, a couple more robots attacked, but what you should get from this is that Sabine still had Ezra's lightsaber, and she swung that shit worse than Finn did in The Force Awakens. I mean, she got clapped easily. Which means that basically, because, you know, like, character growth, she's gonna spin back by the end of the season, but we ain't gotta talk about that now. So the episode basically ends with her bleeding out in the sand after getting stabbed by the Sith Lord, and now that the recap's over, we can talk about some commentary. Now let's go ahead and start with the good stuff. Visuals and CGI were pretty decent. I mean, the Lothcat looks straight from the show. And so do the characters. I mean, Hera, Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka look just like their counterparts from the animated series. The only real difference is that, like, Sabine's skin is, like, shade off, but, you know, Hollywood raised us better than that now, didn't it? Personally, I think the characters look fine, but I know that there's gonna be some complaining somewhere out there. The villains seem okay. I mean, I'm glad that, like, we finally get to see Jedi versus Sith. Like, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen that. They seem to be taking some inspiration from, uh, what, Count Dooku and Vader. And personally, I don't really have a problem with that. I mean, it is a little, like, cheap, but it's fine. Sometimes you need a quiet, calculating villain, you know? I mean, I feel like Disney has somewhat learned its lesson from Marvel because they do not want to mess up another villain. So they're just gonna play it safe. You don't want another Kenobi. Now, the first big problem with the show is that this is Star Wars Rebels Season 5. This isn't Ahsoka. This isn't her show. If you came to the show to watch for Ahsoka, you are screwed because she's barely in the first episode. Not to mention that when we do see her or hear from her, she is dry as a bone. I mean, we only really get a couple words from her at a time. I genuinely feel bad for anyone coming from Clone Wars and hasn't seen Star Wars Rebels because you would have no goddamn clue what's going on. Good luck in the series if you're watching for Ahsoka. By the way, didn't we already do the whole map to the Jedi plotline in Force Awakens? Like, I mean, come on, do we really need to reuse old material? God forbid someone comes up with an original idea. So yeah, they're repeating old material. Um, you can't watch this stuff if you haven't seen Rebels. If you have seen Rebels, then it's, it's, it holds up. But another thing with this show is, like, some of the scenes go on for way too long. Ahsoka exploring this cave is like a five-minute long scene of her mumbling around, like, you know, wandering and, like, doing puzzles. It was so boring. And especially, like, Sabine's punk rock chase scene. Like, was that really necessary? Or are we just, like, padding out runtime or what? Like, what's going on here? It was just unnecessary, kind of cringe, and I, I don't know why it's there. Another couple things. Why the hell would the robots trying to blow up the map? Like, come on. Did no one in the writer's room think to, like, 
you know, not have the robots self-destruct because they're trying to get the map in the first place. Also, how the hell does an ancient witch dungeon have the map to a Jedi who got lost like maybe a couple years ago? Are we doing time travel now or did no one just think of that? You know, it really grinds my gears is that lightsabers don't work anymore. They just don't. I don't know what happened from episode one to now, but Star Wars lightsabers go from liquefying metal and liquefying Qui-Gon Jinn's vital organs to practically being a dice roll. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn, Indiana Jones, and that guy from this exact episode that we're talking about. Remember when I told you we're coming back to that? The captain's dead. What are the rules? What are the rules? What are the rules? What are the rules? Another thing is Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship. I mean, I know in the Rebels finale that it was hinted that Sabine might be mentored by Ahsoka, but I don't really see like the dynamic there. They feel really awkward in the show, and honestly, I don't really think that Sabine should become a Jedi. She's always been more of a Mandalorian character, and I think that they should just stick with that, because I like that better for her. And I think a lot of the fans do too. Overall, this episode is just a little boring. I mean, I know you want to like set up things in the first episode, you know, the plot for the rest of the season, but, but there's setup and then there's checking boxes. You know, it's not awful, but it's nothing like groundbreaking. Like, you know, like Blue Beetle just came out a week ago. It's a blue beetle of Star Wars right now. It's not too special, it's not too great, but like, you know, it, it's it's a show, it's a movie. And if Ahsoka can float under the radar and make its money like Jaime Reyes did, then this franchise might just have a chance. Anyway, thank you for making it so far into the video. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I'm only like 17, so I don't exactly have a team or a early access to these pieces of work on television. So when it comes out, I have to watch the whole thing write a script, voice act, and then edit the video all on my own. So other channels might have like the capabilities to get this out on the same day or sometimes even a couple hours after the episode comes out, while I usually have to wait a day or two. So every like, comment, and subscription counts. So thanks for watching, and I have episode two in the works. See you around.